We all have obstacles and uncertainties in life. Some good and some bad times. But through it all, we can be assured that God understands how to make all things work together for good. Our job is to stay on the path as he brings his purpose into focus. shout in this place. Amen. Praise the Lord. So good to be back home. I am highly indebted to this house. Uh, it's a house that is a home. And there is no better place to be than to be home. Uh, I take a cursory look at everybody and you're all looking very wonderful this morning. And I just want to take the opportunity to thank all of you uh, for your support through the years, uh, most particularly over the past year. Uh, it's not been easy, but with your prayer, support, and love, the Lord is seeing us through. Uh, I look at Dr. Nopioke and Auntie Koyo, uh, IBK, and, you know, Dr. Andrews. I take a careful look at all of you, and your support keeps us going. And so I bless the Lord for you. And I also thank God for our Father, uh, Pastor Bank and Pastor Sharon, uh, for this opportunity to speak to you very briefly this morning. I equally want to thank uh, Pastor Landry and the leadership team, team in this place. Uh, you guys have always been awesome, and I bless the Lord for you. Amen. Uh, for the next few minutes we have together, I'd like to speak to us on a subject that I would title, The Supremacy of God's Redemptive Purpose. The Supremacy of God's Redemptive Purpose. Amen. You know, when the enemy disrupted things in the garden, he thought that was it. But little did he know that the uncreated creator that created him had an insurance plan in place. But the book of Revelation tells me that Jesus is the Lamb of God that was slain from before. So the provision for our redemption was in place before we messed up. That's a wonderful God. I don't know about you, but... Knowing this, I would not sit down and be perturbed about gasoline that is hit $6. I will not be foolish to not budget for it, but I will not allow that to take away my joy. was it long ago when I came to this country, gasoline was less than a dollar. $6. I said, no Zimbabwe dollars, American dollars. 
All right, very quickly. Come with me. Let's get started, shall we? The book of Romans, please. The book of Romans. The chapter will be eight. Very familiar verse. Romans 8, the verse will be 26 to 28. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Is that in your Bible? Say amen. Verse 26 says, there are times you wake up and you don't even know what to feel like praying for. You don't know what to pray for. The happenings around you is so overwhelming. You don't even know where to get started. You don't know whether you should sing hallelujah first or you should bow your knees second. You don't know what format to take. You're just overwhelmed by the trials and the tribulations of life. But the Bible says there is somebody on the inside of you that is called the Holy Ghost and he knows what you're going through and he intercedes for you. And when he gets on groaning with, 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 with groanings that cannot be uttered, what Apostle Paul is saying that when the, by the time the Holy Spirit is done interceding for you, you ought to have one attitude. And that attitude is you get up from your knees after the Holy Ghost has inspired you into praying through dimensions which cannot be uttered. And your attitude should be, and we know that all things will work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? Are you called according to his purpose? The apostle Paul says when you get up from your knees, your attitude ought to be, and I know that all things work together. That phrase, work together, is represented by one Greek word called sunogeo. Sunogeo is the phrase from which we get the English word synergy. In other words, by the time you get up on your knees and the Holy Spirit is made intercession for you, you ought to have the mindset that God knows how to take your trials, your tribulation, the gossip about you, the undermining about you, your fear, your trials, everything you're going through, and God can mesh it together for your good. For all things will work together. It will come together in a beautiful synergy because you are called according to the purpose of God. Is somebody here with me? If you are called according to the purpose of God, God knows how to make your trials, the good, the bad, the ugly, the things you fear, and anything that is a trepidation in your spirit, God knows how to bring all of them together to work for your good. In Genesis 3.15, Genesis 3.15 says, 
I will bring enmity between you and the serpent, between the seed of the woman and the serpent. The seed of the woman shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is the foundation upon which the rest of scripture is built. Genesis 3.15. That coincidentally happens to be the very first messianic text. If we have any indication about God the Son, that indication is first given to us from Genesis 3.15. When God comes on the scene after the uh, devil had uh, messed things up in the garden, and then God issues this statement, that I've got something you know nothing about. There is a seed of the woman that is coming. So God here is unfolding his redemptive purpose or plan. Do you understand? So that is all the way back in Genesis 3.15. So the seed of the woman is supposed to come to bring redemption unto humanity. Well, Adam and Eve had two children, two sons, Cain and Abel. And the seed which was supposed to come in time was to come through the lineage of Abel. Cain rises, and under the inspiration of the devil, he slays Abel. So it will seem to you and I that the plan of God's salvation is stalled at that point. Not very long after, Genesis 4, 25, the Bible says, Eve conceived again and gave birth to another son. And Eve said, I will call his name Seth, for the Lord has given me another seed. He didn't say, she didn't say another son. Another what? Seed. We're talking about the seed promise of God now. And so this man, through his lineage, will come a man by the name of Enoch. Through Enoch, way back, you're going to get to the man that is called Noah. At this point, the Bible says that man was so engrossed in sin, it repented God that he created man. So God decided there was going to be a universal deluge that would drown everything that he had created. But if God were to do that, the seed that was promised in Genesis 3.15 would not come. So God ensured that through this man called Noah who found the grace of God, he had three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. God has got to make sure that the seed he promised is protected. So it does not matter how long the deluge was going to be. God was going to ensure that these three boys, one of them by the name of Shem, who is carrying now at this time the seed promise, makes it into the ark at all costs. So the, the, man, the man and his sons and their wives and the animals that were chosen made it into the ark. So the seed that was promised in Genesis 3.15 was protected in the ark. Can you give the Lord a hand in this place? Well, they come out of the ark. From the line of Shem will come a man by the name of Terah. From Terah would have a son. His son will be called Abram. God visits Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Because of time, I'm going to be quoting some of these things because you know it already. God calls Abram from a place called Heir of the Chaldeans. You know the story already. And from verse number 1 through about 4, God visits Abraham and makes him a threefold promise. The promise of a land, the, a blessing to him, and that through him and his seed, all the families of the earth will be what? Blessed. So the seed which was in uh, Abel who was killed, 
But God made sure he raised another seed, Seth. From Seth, you come to Enoch. From Enoch, you come to Noah. From Noah, you have Terah. From Terah, now we have Abraham. God visits Abraham and reiterates what he said in Genesis 3.15. Through your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What is the seed? What is the seed that we are talking about? Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Galatians 3.16. In Galatians 3.16, the apostle Paul says, and unto Abraham and his seed, not as of many, but of one seed, and that seed is Christ. Galatians 3, 8 again. Galatians 3, 8 says, for God, when he spoke unto Abraham, scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen by faith, preached the gospel unto Abraham, telling him, in your seed shall the heathen be justified. What is this seed? Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse 16 will tell us that for Christ, when he came, did not take on him the seed of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So that seed is Christ. And so in time, from his way back in Genesis 3.15, 3.15, we see now Shem, from Shem, Terah, Terah, Abraham, God comes to Abraham and makes him that promise. You come to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, verse 16 to verse 18. God visits Abraham again. When God asks him to go and offer Isaac as a sacrifice, God comes to him and God reiterates that. He said, unto you and your seed shall the families of the earth be blessed. Now, Abraham gets, begets Isaac. Isaac now, God visits him in the book of Genesis chapter 26 from about verse number 1 to verse number 4. And God comes to Isaac with the same promise. In your seed shall the families of the earth be blessed. Isaac now gives birth to a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the one now who is carrying the seed promise. God comes to Abraham. Um, God comes to Jacob. And in Genesis chapter 28 from about 16 to 18, God reiterates and tells Jacob, in your seed. So from Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. Now we are all the way back in Genesis 12 to Abraham, your seed. Genesis 22, your seed. Genesis 26, your seed. Genesis 28 to Jacob, your seed. Jacob now has 12 sons. One of them has got to be the one that is the carrier of the seed promise. And so my Bible tells me in Genesis chapter 49 verse 10, that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, neither a lot giver from between thy feet, until Shiloh comes. That tells me that Judah is the one that is carrying the seed promise. That is why in Genesis chapter 1, let me take you to the New Testament now. Genesis, no, not Genesis, Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1 from verse number 1, he's talking about the genealogy of Christ. And he said, this Jesus Christ is the son of Abraham and the son of David. If David eventually will also be the carrier of the seed promise. In retrospect, when David met Goliath, he shouldn't have had any worries. Because God will make sure the seed comes to pass. So it does not matter how high or tall the giant you are faced with is. As long as the purpose of God for your life is concerned, nobody can take you out until it comes to pass. I'm here to tell you that no witch is big enough to terminate the purpose of God. No fear is big enough to terminate the purpose of God. For all things work together for the good of them that love God. And to them who are the called 
according to his purpose. And so when David shows up, Goliath stood no chance. It did not matter his size. It did not matter the armor he was wearing. He can be a little shepherd boy with a slingshot. That's just enough for God to make sure that the seed promise is protected. And so in Matthew 1.1, Jesus is the son of Abraham and is the son of David. Then he, give, he goes on to give you a genealogy. And he says that Abraham gives birth to Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob. Jacob gave birth. It's in, I'm reading Matthew chapter 1 from verse 1. Now I'm going all the way to verse 6. You can follow in your Bible. And it says that Jacob gave birth to, now notice now, Judah is not the firstborn. You would imagine that scripture would mention the firstborn being Reuben and said, and Jacob gave birth to Reuben and his brethren. But that's not what the scripture says. It says, Jesus, he is the son of Abraham and the son of David. Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob. Jacob gave birth to Judah and his brethren. Although he was not the firstborn. Why? Because he's the one that is carrying the seed promise. And he said, Judah had uh, twin boys by Tamar. Their name is Pharis and Zara. The one that is carrying the seed promise is Pharis. Pharis gives birth to Israel. Israel gives birth to Aram. Aram gives birth to Abinadab. Abinadab gives birth to Nason. Nason gives birth to Salmon. Salmon gives birth to Boaz of Rechab. Boaz of Rechab gives birth to who? Obed. Of Ruth, Robert of Ruth gave her to who? Jesse, who is the father of David. Therefore, David is the one that is carrying the seed promise. No wonder the Bible says that he is the seed of David. And he shall be called the son of David. Now you can understand the blind man, blind by Timothy, say, Oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. He is the son of David. So, this promise that has been made, which is Jesus that is supposed to come. Who is this seed? He is to be the son of David. Who is this seed? He is to be the son of Jesse. Who is this seed? He is supposed to be the son of Boaz. Who is this seed? He is supposed to be the son of Salmon. Who is this seed? He is supposed to be the son of Naisom. Who is this seed? He's supposed to be the son of Abinadab and Aram and Israel and Phares and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. And God said to Abraham, unto your seed shall the families of the earth be blessed. Now, the seed encountered certain challenges. Sometimes even the careers of the seed themselves aided and abated Satan in trying to abort the seed. But because God has promised, he would make sure that in spite of you, what he has promised will come to pass. For I hear the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20, that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus, they are yes, and in him they are amen to the glory of God. Has God said it? Will he not do it? What has God promised you in this place? In spite of yourself, God will make sure. It comes to pass. For God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. As he said it, will he not do it? God is not unrighteous to forget all your labor of love. I'm here. I've come to just encourage somebody. There's somebody here today. Look at Abraham. Genesis 12. In your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
Yet, not very long after, he goes to Egypt and tells Abimelech that the woman through whom you are supposed to have this seed is not your wife but your sister. This is not witchcraft, then what is? Abimelech almost took Sarah for a wife until God issued a stern warning to him. He said, you are but a dead man if you touch this woman. Return her to this man. And by the way, the man who just lied for you, ask him to pray for you. Listen, God's ways are not our ways. That's Abraham. How about Jacob? And his kings? How about Judah? Who slept with his own daughter-in-law? There were only three Gentiles that the Lord allowed to be conscripted into the lineage of Christ. And all three Gentiles are women. There is no Gentile man. Started with Tamar. Then you have Rechab, who was also a prostitute. Listen, my friend, stop looking down your nose as if you are wearing a halo, you are an angel. No, you are not. Don't stop looking at people and calling them names in your bedrooms and say, this person, he is not this, he is that, and he is that, as if you are holier than thou. I am here to tell you, by grace, are you saved and not of works. You are not holier than anybody. If God can choose to allow a harlot and conscript a harlot into the genealogy of the one who will eventually save you, who do you think you are? So there's Tema, there's Rekab. And there's Ruth. Only three Gentiles that were allowed by God to be a part of the lineage of the seed. They are women. So there are times that the seed was jeopardized. But in spite of the jeopardy, God always ensured that there is safety for the seed. Is somebody here with me today? I said God will always ensure that there is safety. You cannot understand the apostle Paul that God has not given us the spirit of you should not fear. Has God made you any promise? There is security within the promise itself. Because in every seed is the potential to grow to be a big tree. Who is the seed? It's Christ. The rest of the Old Testament will take time to point towards him. Moses in Deuteronomy 18, 18. Another prophet shall the Lord your God give unto you like unto myself. Him you shall hear. Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting father, the prince of peace, of the increase and reign of his government. There shall be no end. Who is the seed? That Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Oh, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands, yet from thee shall come forth he that shall be king over Israel, whose goings forth shall be from everlasting to everlasting. Who is the seed promise? Isaiah 28 verse 16. Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tri stone, a precious cornerstone. He that makes your belief shall not make haste. Who is the seed promise? No wonder Apostle Peter says, For those that were of old look forward to the manifestation of this seed. Somebody here. That in spite of all the jeopardy that we put before the seed, God ensured that the seed was protected. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, a very popular scripture. This was Joseph now. Genesis 50 20. Joseph was telling his brethren after he had now revealed himself to them. And he said, for what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Notice he did not say God meant for my personal good. No. He said God meant for good. Why? Because God sent Joseph ahead of him. So that the Hebrew family, including Jacob at this point, including Judah at this point, including Pharaoh at this point, three generations that were in the line of the seed will not die of hunger. You think when they were selling him into slavery, they were doing him bad. It was the orchestration of God. Psalm 105, it said, for God sent a man, the man Joseph, ahead of them. God sent him ahead of them. Why? So he can preserve. The seed promise. So when the Bible says all things work together, somebody may be sitting somewhere and may be plotting your downfall. Little do they know that they are actually building the ladder upon which you will climb to the top. Somebody here. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. So there came a time when famine threatened the seed promise. But 22 years before the famine would hit, God made sure that Joseph had been sold into slavery. When he got into slavery, he was taken to a house of Potiphar. You think God did not have a hand in it? He could have gone to anybody else's house. I don't understand. The man who dreamed and he told it to his brethren and then they hated him. You think God did not know they were hating him because of his dream? What was God's answer to the detractors when they hated him? The Bible said, and God gave him another dream. When the Lord is with you. So when David says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or how about 27? He is my light and my salvation. Shall I fear? He is the strength of my life. Of whom? When the wicked come up to eat my flesh, they will stumble and fall. So famine threatened them. But before then, God has sent this man in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife was dreaming about the dreamer. He was besmirched. 
falsely accused from the pit, he was taken to prison. Let me tell you something. Do you think that God did not know that Joseph was falsely accused? Do you read anywhere in scripture that God made sure they organized a press conference or that Joseph sued Potiphar's wife to say, I want you to retract all your allegations in the Atlanta Journal Constitution by tomorrow. Run it for three days and say that what I said, the scandalous things I said concerning Joseph were actually lies. No, God made sure it did not happen. How did God validate him? God validated him by taking him from the pit to the prison, from the prison to the palace. The palace is his vindication. So the brethren came to buy food so that the seed promise would be preserved. As I get ready to close that. When they came, Joseph recognized his brethren, gave them corn. I'll cut a short story short for you. And in Genesis chapter 47, 42, I beg your pardon. In Genesis chapter 42, from about verse number 20 to about 24, thereabouts, 23, 24, Joseph looks at Simeon. First of all, he comes to them and he said, tell me something about yourself. He said, well... We are, at this point, they have not recognized Joseph. It's 12 of us that were born. One is no more. You are telling the one that is no more that he is no more. <laughs> God is a good God. Hallelujah! One is no more. And there is one that is left. Who is the younger one? Who is the full brother of the one that is no more? As for him, he must always stay with the old man. In fact, if you take him from the old man, he will die. Joseph in his head, okay, go on. I hear you talking. <laughs> he said, you guys are spies. So he concocted the story, created a subterfuge in order to be able to implement a certain plan that God is actually working through him. And he said, because of that, I will retain one of you. The rest of you go. If you say you are not spies and the story you have told me is actually true, the one that is with the old man, I want you to bring him. So he went ahead and arrested the roughest of all the brothers, Simon. Remember, Simon was the one that orchestrated the, the, the annihilation of the men of Shechem. Destroy the whole place, kill them, rough one. The one who had the potential to stage a coup d'etat, he arrested him. I will put Simon in prison. The rest of you go. If what you are telling me, you think you are no spies, bring the youngest one. But in effect, he knew what he was doing. Simeon means hearing. And hearing is a function of faith. Without faith, you cannot function. That is why Jesus told Peter that Satan has sought to sift you like wheat. Nevertheless, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So the one thing that is important to the Jewish family is their faith. He arrested their faith and said, now go. The next time you are coming, if you don't bring this small boy that you say you have, you are not getting corn. And by the way, I have arrested your faith. The rough brother, he's here with me. Reuben could have been arrested, but he let Reuben go. So they went, told the story to the old man. And in Genesis chapter 42, verse number 36, after they are told Jacob, Jacob says something. Jacob said, all these things are against me. 
that wish the apostle Paul would look down from heaven before he was born then and looked at the man and said, no. Ah, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 contradicts what you are saying. All these things are against me. But Paul would say, all things are working together for my good. Little did he know that the things that he thought were working against him were actually going to work for him. He said, Joseph is no more. Now you want to take Benjamin with you. All these things are against me. So I'll bring my message to a close now. Now, Reuben gets on the scene. I'm now somewhere around 37 of the book of Genesis chapter 42. Reuben between 37 and 39 comes to the old man Jacob and said, you know what? I will take Benjamin. You give Benjamin to me, I will take Benjamin. I will make sure that I bring Benjamin back to you because we are getting hungry. Jacob looked at him and he said, ah, I'm mad on. You, Reuben, give Benjamin to you? No! Why? You are as unstable as water. In Genesis chapter 50, it says, Reuben is as unstable. In fact, the original is, it's as unstable as boiling water. Or if you will, boiling Ghana soup. My friend Joseph Andrews makes sure that he lets me know there is a difference between Ghana soup and Nigerian soup. Is that Ghana soup is water, but I don't know. What you call soup, we call stew. <laughs> so we don't have a gushy soup in Ghana. We have a gushy stew. So Reuben is as unstable as boiling Ghana light soup. Well, just like the jollof rice business. I don't know. We shall settle that some other time. Don't get in the flesh. <laughs> Anywho. Listen. Okay, let me go there. <laughs> Dr. Andrews, when you go to... When you go to... Say... Longhorn. And you say you want... Okay, you are leave it alone. So, Ruby, no, I cannot give him to you. Genesis 42, verse 37 to 39. I cannot give him to you. You are as unstable as boiling Ghana light soup. You are unpredictable. There is unpredictability with you. I cannot trust him with you. And they were getting hungry. Judah now comes in chapter 43. Remember 49, 10? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Neither a lawgiver from between their feet until Shiloh comes. And he said something profound. He said, if we don't go, both we and our siblings, our offerings, offsprings, will die of hunger. That's very profound. Why? Pharis was there. Because Pharis is the one who is not carrying the seed promise. He said, we'll all die. Therefore, I am telling you, give me Benjamin. And let me take Benjamin with me. Jacob looks at Judah and he said, whereas I cannot trust Reuben, I can trust you. 
Judah means praise. Judah means worship. A man that knows how to praise knows how to get results. A man that knows how to worship knows how to get results. A man that can stay in the presence of God and be like Job in chapter 13 verse 15 and said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. A man that can praise the Lord would know how to get results. Jacob knew that. He said, whereas Reuben is unstable, a praiser and the worshiper is stable because he could be going trouble, but he can worship his way out of it. He can be going through a mess. He can praise his way out of it. Are you hearing me, somebody? I hear the apostle John say in John 4, 24, hey, he said, God is spirit. And them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not only that, for the father seeketh such to worship him. I hear the apostle Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They were arrested and put in a prison in Philippi. And the Bible says in verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and to praise. They praised God until the prisoners heard them. And their chains were falling off. I hear the Bible says in the book of Joshua chapter number 6 that Jericho was strictly shut. Nobody went in and nobody came out. And God told them, I want you to go around the city. I want you to go around the city. Go around the city. Every day go around the city. Every day go around the city. Can I tell you something? When we say that doing the same thing every day and expecting a different result is what? Madness. It is my spiritual protocol. That is for your corporate and intellectual mind. God told them every day, go and do the same thing six days. And on the seventh day, he said, do it seven times. You think God is mad? No. And on the seventh day, they began to praise the Lord and blow their chauffeurs. And the wall that was impregnable fell flat. If you are a praiser here, you would know how to preserve something. I'm here to tell you. Hey, how about 2 Chronicles chapter 20? Jehoshaphat, Judah again was surrounded by the Moabites and the confederacy. They were coming to annihilate them. Jehoshaphat saw the face of the Lord. He fasted and he prayed. And the Lord told him, the battle is not yours. Verse 15, 2 Chronicles 20, 15. The battle is not yours, but the Lord. Therefore, I am going to prescribe to you how the battle will be won. He said, look for salvation and, and, and revelation and kabod and the praise and worship. Let them just begin to praise me. Let them praise me on the day of battle. When they are coming with the ammunition, I want you to just be playing your tambourine. I want you to just be singing. They turned against each other until they were all slaughtered. A man that knows how to praise will find a way to secure what God has given to him. Stand to your feet in this place. Lift up your hands. 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 Worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift up his name. Glorify him. He is good. And his message endure forever. Give a lot praise in this place. Give him praise in this place. 
everything that has breath praise yes the lord hallelujah may the lord bless you hallelujah yes hallelujah